The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts, lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of love touches earth in the humility of Christ. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written and emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. On this Sunday of Word and Eucharist, of Word and Table, especially we welcome the gathering of this portion of the beloved community. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise him for Jesus.
pray. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church, and because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with you. May we extend to one another signs of his peace. Lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, 
until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But seeking truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to join me in reading verses responsibly from Psalm 51 with the Antiphon.
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you alone have I sinned, done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation, and sustain me in a willing spirit. you to rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel. Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe in you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven, and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. <clears throat> 
to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Among the powers that drew us here to Boston was the chance to labor in the shadow of Howard Thurman to preach from the pulpit he once filled. Thurman was the Dean of Marsh Chapel, 1953 to 1965. This summer, read or reread his autobiography with head and heart. In the work of grieving and departing from one setting, Rochester, New York, and entering another, Boston, Massachusetts, I was telephoned by a friend and parishioner. She wanted to set an appointment to talk before we left. A saintly woman, Donna Adcock, made an appointment, a good formal appointment, to see me. A chat after church won't do for this, she averred. That Wednesday, she brought in a poem which she had typed out from an original hand script. Typing is an ancient technology, no longer much in use, but some years ago, even still around. I do not linger to define whiteout, keystroke, ribbon, carbon paper, or Smith Corona. Not a beer, by the way. This poem, Howard Thurman, your predecessor at Marsh Chapel, recited in a sermon in Kansas City, my home, in 1950, she said. I was 20 years old, 56 years younger, when that sermon changed my life. I spent the next 50 years in full-time Christian service through the YWCA. I heard something that summer day in Kansas City in 1950 that changed my life. I want you to have this poem. You do not need to live in New England to love it, but it does help. The fact that I heard it through Howard Thurman's beautiful voice adds to it for me. The Little Duck is a poem about the freedom of a duck floating on the waves written in 1947 by Donald Babcock. Here are a few verses from that work. There is a big heaving in the Atlantic, and he is part of it. He can rest while the Atlantic heaves because he rests in the Atlantic. Probably he doesn't know how large the ocean is, and neither do you. But he realizes it. And what does he do, I ask you? He sits down in it. He reposes in the immediate as if it were infinity, which it is. That is religion, and the duck has it. He has made himself part of the boundless by easing himself into, just where, into it just where it touches him. I like the little duck. He doesn't know much, but he has religion. To lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Three years ago, we hosted the memorial service for Dr. Ken Edelin. Marsh Chapel was full. At one point, we asked the congregation to recite together the 23rd Psalm. Family and friends in the first pew did so. Colleagues and physicians across the nave did so. Leaders of national organizations near and far did so. In the balcony, 20 white-coated medical students together did so. And either at that point or another in the service, they stood silently together to honor the life and faith of the deceased. Later that day, I met a friend and personal physician of Arthur Ashe, whose life, prowess, faithfulness, and service have always so inspired me. Read again this summer his autobiography, Days of Grace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. In the collation following the service, Charlene Hunter-Galt introduced herself. You may remember her, as we did, from her many and fine contributions to the News Hour with Jim Lehrer. She said, I need to talk to you about the 23rd Psalm. I was so pleased to meet her, but then so worried that I had somehow offended her in its use that the collation time passed with anxiety. It needn't have done. She wanted to recall a memory a memory of her younger self at age 18, the first African-American to integrate the University of Georgia, the daughter of a Baptist minister, alone at a young age, in a big place, a strange place, 
a new place. Walking home the third night, there were taunts and threats. The university that day even suggested that she might want to go home for a time, at least for a while. But she went on to her room, she closed the door, she turned out the lights, and she waited until quiet finally came. And then she said, it was the only thing that came to her mind, she remembered, the prayer of David, the 23rd Psalm, was upon her lips. And she spoke the psalm, alone, afraid, uncertain, that night. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sometimes words are all we have. A regular radio listener from Rhode Island telephoned a few weeks ago, and he said in passing, Sometimes words are all we have. To lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. In late June from this pulpit, we invited those so moved to consider the possibility of spending a Sunday this summer worshiping in an African Methodist Episcopal church. Take with you the greetings of Mars Chapel, we suggested. This sort of visit is not for everyone and can take many forms. But it has been interesting and encouraging to see that this summer, some of you have done so. One friend, regular in attendance here, did so a few weeks ago. And he has a story to tell, and he has made a personal connection or three. One radio listener, virtually present by radio or podcast week by week, went further. She's arranging a neighborhood gathering near her home, and she hopes, hopes that we can help her work at it. Real change is real hard, but it happens in real time when real people really work at it. There is a latent goodness, a common faith, a common ground, a common hope across this land and all about us, like the ocean holding the duck, like the still waters that restore the soul. My friends, you are bringing to bear a personal faith upon the emergence of a beloved community. And it happens who knows when. Look at what Robert Gates, a fellow Eagle Scout, has said and done in the right time and in the right way in leading the Boy Scouts of America in a new direction. To lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Beloved, coming to communion, you come with your lost loved ones in mind and heart. And knowing this congregation, we can sense across the nave those who bring in memory a fellow teacher, a family member, a colleague for many years, a relative. This last summer, we bade farewell to a father-in-law, Charlie, and when we receive the Lord's Supper in a moment, we do so with the communion of saints. Charlie was a lover. He loved nature, the garden, seed time, harvest, planting, weeding, watering, like those parables of Jesus that are all about fishing or planting. He loved work with his hands, carpentry, some amazingly good carpentry. He loved the poor. And he loved the other in his study group and his work with Abraham House, in, with retired teachers in Habitat for Humanity and various churches and causes. He loved others, and I mean others, of other religions, places, races, backgrounds, orientations. He loved others, and they felt the touch of his hand. He loved his country. He was not a member of any organized political party, but his patriotism, his love of country, was, was not only liberty and justice, but liberty and justice for all. And with his own hands, he lived that. He loved his church, its committees, pastors, building needs, study groups, its quirks, its oddities. 
Especially he loved the reading he did with others. And he loved his extended family and expressed that love in rocking horses and tools given and evergreens planted, windows replaced, and sincere, often repeated words of love. He touched us in the most touching of ways. He loved God by loving the things of God, the creation of God, the tasks of God, the people of God, the church of God. He was our dad, and we learned from him. We all need models of personal faith, people who can show us by lived example the dimensions of spirituality which in our heart of hearts we so desire. Lead a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called. Some years ago, Jan and I went out onto the bay in Majorca. This was on a Sunday morning. Once a year, we try to go somewhere alone together. In that bay, a boat called the Marco Polo will take you 10 kilometers or so south or north, dock for a half-hour swim, and then bring you back to port. We embarked covered with sunscreen. In the stern, a dozen Germans were gathered, stoic, and after a while they began to sing in German, like sometimes our choir will do with and for us so beautifully on Sunday. Madrileños, Catalans, natives of Andalusia, other Spaniards sat up front with the youth, maybe a dozen young people, thence much laughter, sort of like our Marsh community lunch first Sunday. We sat undercover, midship, with the British and frocked in bonnets, sweaters, long stockings, and sunglasses. But we sat against an open window, beautifully open, to the sea in the middle of the earth. Like a large seagull, we bobbed along in the summer beauty, summer sun, summer heat, summer grace, freedom, and love. An earnest relationship with work you may find in America, among Americans, vacations belong to the Europeans, a hearty relationship with vacation they do have. Anne-Marie Lindbergh, a European at heart, to paraphrase, said, a vacation is a month at least. Take a month or, or don't bother at all. Above us in the Marco Polo was a roof covered with life jackets, an old anchor, some rope, other flotsam and jetsam. We sat with the doer British, Spanish laughter afore, German song aft, and watching the tide roll away. There's just something about the ocean. A gull floated along with us. Wind, sand, stars, saint Exupéry. Of a sudden, to the right appeared several feet, small feet, young feet, left foot, right foot, hay foot, straw foot. The young had commandeered the roof dangling their feet, kicking, drumming, jostling, lounging, and lifting their feet out toward the sea in the middle of the earth. Then gone. The lifeguard must have appeared. It made me think of Paul in Corinthians, shall the head say to the feet, I have no need of thee? And of Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. And of Jesus, washing in humble service, the feet of twelve disciples, whom he called friends. Of a sudden, to the left, across the cabin, outside the other window, feet, numerous feet, numinous feet, kicking and leaning and pushing. Young people can take the world and make it young again. Dangling feet, dangling prepositions, dangling thoughts. You will make the world playful, youthful, happy, hopeful. Just don't fall overboard, but that is another sermon for another Sunday and another day. To lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. One of our fellow seekers of the beloved community offered this prayer with which we conclude. Lord, we pray that all may come to the understanding that one person's grief is a shared experience that we will all face one person's love is a love that all will someday experience. One person's exclusion or shunning is one that we all hope never to experience. One person's success does not in any way diminish us. 
Friendship with someone new does not change the friendships that are already a part of us. A person being praised and appreciated does not mean that we are not. It's just not your turn, or there are reasons why they needed those words more at that moment. Consequences of actions born of love have a way of transforming who we are. Until each human being realizes that inflicting harm to another, either intentionally or unintentionally, or participating in such group dynamics that do, we will not have peace on this earth. Yet when a whispered prayer reaches out to you, Lord, and you reach back to us, we have reached the center where we know that we are loved, and nothing on heaven or earth can change that. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed in us your, in your, your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away, your image, when we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. My name is Jessica Chica, and I have the pleasure of serving as interim university chaplain for international students and chapel associate for Lutheran ministry here at Marsh Chapel. I think I also have the longest title now. Um, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the nave of Marsh Chapel, where we hope you feel a part of our beloved community. In this spirit of community, we invite you to share your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, if you wouldn't mind passing those to those people sitting in the pew with you. 
Uh, today is Communion Sunday. Uh, please take a note that grape juice will be served on the lectern side and wine will be ser served on the pulpit side. There will also be a healing station on the pulpit side for those who wish to partake in it. Directly after the service, we hope that you'll participate in our monthly potluck luncheon downstairs in the marsh room. Everyone is welcome um, for a nice time of fellowship and food. Next week, we'll continue our summer preaching series um, on the beloved community with Reverend Dr. Regina Walton, who is the rector of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton, Massachusetts. For all other upcoming services and activities, we would encourage you to check out the Marsh Chapel website, bu.edu chapel, where you may also find the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for today's offering, may we remember that it is God's generous gift to be a giver, so please give as generously as you are able.
work before us and the life within us, the fellowship among us and thy love that surrounds us, we offer thee our thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. Our words of institution. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us, with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
let us pray. Eternal God, we give thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and always. Amen. <laughs>